Welcome to Conquering the Seeds of Destruction, bringing help and encouragement to those dealing with real-life issues. To learn more, visit ConqueringSeedsOfDestruction.com. Welcome to Conquering the Seeds of Destruction, and my name is Maureen Y. Smith. Now today, I am going to cover the last fruit that the enemy waters into you from the seed of bitterness to get a deeper hold into you. And this last root is called the root of death. Now death means the end of life, the cause of loss of life, and it also means slaughter. Now the scripture reference that I actually use comes from Romans chapter eight, verses five through eight, which says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. If your sinful nature controls your mind, there is death. But if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. And again, that comes from Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 8. Now you are now at a point where the enemy has you right where he wants you, which is to do this last task. Either you are going to go through with the plan, or you are going to say no to it and walk away from it. Hopefully and prayerfully, there is a ray of light in you, regardless of how small it may be, that will cause you to turn from it and not give in to the enemy's evil plan of destruction. As your mind continues to be consumed with the plans for destruction, you must understand its concept. As the enemy goes over the checklist in your mind, your adrenaline begins to flow with passion for your plan to be completed. Everything and everyone is in place. Now it is just a moment of time for it to happen. You have rationalized it in your mind that not only does this have to happen, but it will happen. Everything is ready to go. You may feel that once the plan is achieved, that you have won the battle. Justice was served, and the people that hurt you finally got what they deserved. Then, what happens? You may feel that everything is finally over, and now you can live your life. Unfortunately, the opposite occurs. Somehow, you forgot one major aspect of the plan. God is still working in this, but somehow you just didn't see him working behind the scenes. All that you saw was your plan of action to destroy a specific person. And as you and even your group of rebels initiate the plan, someone did get hurt. However, it is not the person you anticipated. It's actually you. How could this have happened? Why did the plan of perfection backfire? It is because you underestimated the secret weapon of God. 
If you cause bodily harm to another individual, please know that you will pay the price. You may end up dying a physical death, but dying a spiritual death will be much worse, especially if you haven't had an encounter with Christ. If you choose to carry out the enemy's plan, you will pay the price terribly. So now, let's go ahead and first look at Haman and his dealings with the Jews. So I'm going to first start off and read Esther chapter 5, verses 12 through 14, which says, Haman added, Yes, and today Queen Esther did not let any man come with the king to the dinner she had prepared but myself. And tomorrow also I am invited by her together with the king. Yet all this benefits me nothing as long as I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the king's gate. Then Zeresh, his wife, and all his friends said to him, Let a gallows be made, fifty cubits, which is actually seventy-five feet high, and in the morning speak to the king that Mordecai may be hanged on it. Then you can go in merrily with the king to the dinner. And the thing actually pleased Haman, and he caused the gallows to be made. Now, I'm going to actually drop down to Esther um, chapter 7, verses 1 through 10, that says, So the king and Haman came to dine with Esther the queen. And the king said again to Esther on the second day when wine was being served, What is your petition, Queen Esther? It shall be granted. And what is your request? Even to the half of the kingdom, it shall be performed. Then Queen Esther said, If I have found favor in your sight, O king, and if it pleases the king, let my life be given me at my petition and my people at my request. For we are sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, slain, and wiped out of existence. But if we have been sold, for bond men and bond women, I would have held my tongue. For our affliction is not to be compared with the damage this will do to the king. Then King Ahasuerus said to Queen Esther, Who is he? And where is he who dares presume in his heart to do that? And Esther said, An adversary and an enemy, even this wicked Haman. Then Haman was afraid before the king and queen. And the king arose from the feast in his wrath and went into the palace garden. And Haman stood up to make request for his life to Queen Esther, for he saw that there was evil determined against him by the king. When the king returned out of the palace garden into the palace of drinking of wine, Haman was fallen upon the couch where Esther was. Then said the king, Will he even forcibly assault the queen in my presence, in my own palace? As the king spoke the words, the servants covered Haman's face. Then said Harbona, one of the attendants serving the king, Behold, the gallows fifty cubits high, which Haman has made for Mordecai, whose warning saved the king, stands at the house of Haman. And the king said, Hang him on it. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. 
Then the king's wrath was pacified. Now, as you can see from these verses, Haman's plan to destroy Mordecai backfired. His rage, his revenge, his hatred, and bitterness caused his own death to happen because he was trying to destroy God's people, the Jews. And he overlooked Queen Esther, thinking that she didn't have a part to play in this. God had placed her to be in the kingdom, to ultimately protect the Jews, and to destroy Haman. So she had a valuable part to play for God. Although she had limitations of not being able to approach the king without being summoned, her situation looked hopeless for her and the Jews initially. But God made a way for things to happen for them. She had found favor in the king's eyes, courage to approach the king, and through her obedience, she found favor in the eyes of God by allowing the Jews to be saved and Haman to be killed by his own plan. At some point, you have got to not allow the enemy to consume you with these types of thoughts. As the enemy plants the seed of bitterness and the roots of hatred, violence, and death develop, you must find a way to not dwell on the situation or the events that took place, nor should you allow a person to affect you in such a way that your life is being controlled by them, especially if they are not in the picture anymore. If you do, it starts to eat you up inside and it will be difficult for you to gain peace about it because you keep taking yourself back to the situation or even the event that happened. When someone or something has made you feel bitterness towards them, you have to be able to let it go and just heal from the situation. Now, I know that is easier said than done. It may be a long journey for you to be on because you have allowed yourself to become in this state of bitterness and you have lost your sense of time, actually. It may be months and even years that you have allowed yourself to go down this path and somehow it caused you to stay there. Many people even started seeing that as part of who you are and it was a part of your demeanor now. Also, you have allowed your leadership to influence others, causing them to follow your lead and guiding them to a plan of destruction. You have wasted so much time being angry and bitter that you haven't spent time searching out the things that God has waiting for you. It may be hard to find your way back to God, but don't give up. If you can spend the time showing hate or showing that you don't need God in your life, why not try to spend some time in showing love? It's not a sign of weakness. You already have Jesus who has paved the way for you. Now, you may not want to go down that path, and I know the enemy definitely doesn't want you to go down that path, but Jesus is the only one that can get to the depths of your pain and help you heal and work through the situation. But you must be willing to let him do that. It may require you to take small steps even in the beginning to start the healing process. 
since the situation or maybe even the person consumes you, see if you can just go one day, one day without thinking about it. Every time you feel as if it comes into your mind, think about something different or maybe just play some uplifting music or maybe do something that keeps you moving so that you just don't have that idle time taking place. Also, please to continue to seek God and study his word and try replacing those thoughts with scriptures to just meditate on. The more you do that each day, the better things will get. Also, if you can continue to meditate on Exodus 14, 14, which says the Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. It's actually one of my favorite scriptures. You are also releasing the situation to God and trusting him to take care of it. Every time you are wanting to pick it back up again, because somehow you may think that God needs some help in this, you must keep meditating on scripture so that you don't give in to the temptations that you feel. The more scriptures you have, the better things will be for you. What you are also doing is showing the enemy that you are putting your trust in God instead of him. This is also showing that you are being accountable for your actions and making the conscious choice to seek God more so that he can get glory in your life. God knows what took place and how things have affected you. He hasn't forgotten about you. You may not like the way God moves or even in the time frame that he operates in, but I can assure you that when he does things, it will be peaceful afterwards and things will operate smoothly without any type of chaos and confusion. God always has the last say in everything, so please hold on to that when you are going through things. Now, I'm going to actually share with you the new seed of survival that God plants into you to uproot the seed and roots of bitterness. So please come back and see how things unfold and what God will actually do in our lives as we are conquering the seeds of destruction. Take care and stay safe, everyone. Bye-bye. Public author and speaker Maureen Y. Smith brings help and encouragement to deal with real life issues, giving you permission to live the life of abundance that God wants you to live, allowing peace, joy, and freedom to reign in your life. To book Maureen at your next event or small group, email conqueringseedsofdestruction at gmail.com. And to follow Maureen along in this radio journey, purchase your discounted copy of Conquering the Seeds of Destruction book and workbook at conqueringseedsofdestruction.com. That's conqueringseedsofdestruction.com.